Hi, I'm Anna-Claire Harper, and you're listening to The Return, property and investment podcast, sharing insights and information on key topics from real estate technology to sustainability. Feel free to get in touch or follow recent news by connecting on LinkedIn, Anna-Claire Harper. Hi, I'm Anna, and welcome to The Return. Now, in this episode, we are between series, so series is. So uh, I'm just going to take the opportunity to read out an article I recently had published in Property Investor News, which is one of the leading publications for small and medium-sized residential investors in the UK. And it's called What You Need to Know About Wealth Preservation in an Uncertain Market. So here goes. Investing in UK property has long been seen not only as a rite of passage, but as a signifier and determinant of success for potential investors from around the world. UK property has attracted global interest for decades because it has offered income, an easy way to grow your wealth and stability. During the past couple of decades, the market has been strong. As a result, even inexperienced or armchair investors and developers have been able to achieve double-digit returns, often with relatively little technical knowledge, for example through simple reverbs and creative financing. The goal of just preserving and sustainably growing wealth has been seen by many as not exciting enough to attract their attention. Or it may be seen as a strategy for later, relevant only to investors once they've made their money and they're super rich. It's true to say that many of those who openly prioritise wealth preservation over this period have made a lot of money already. Think of the strategies typically recommended by private banks such as Rothschild or Coots, and the fact that almost every rich list name stores a large part of their wealth in property to preserve it safely. So what do you need to know right now about wealth preservation in an undeniably uncertain market? There's three things. Number one, it's actually not boring. The tide is turning. Slow, genuinely passive investment strategies focused on the preservation and sustainable growth of wealth are becoming increasingly attractive in an uncertain market to investors of all scales. Single-digit returns, underpinned by low leverage and no development risk, are a compelling offering for long-term value investors such as Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, and increasingly for investors in the UK residential property market at all scales of investment. This approach to investing slow and steady, is no longer the reserve of an already wealthy elite. And few can argue that it's boring being able to put money in and then take more money out without too much hassle or risk. Wealth preservation is an increasingly well-respected objective for investors of all scales, as the risks associated with more ambitious strategies have increased. This is true regardless of what investment opportunities attract the biggest headlines. The second thing is, slow and steady wins the race, especially in an uncertain market. The UK residential property market is fast changing and increasingly complex, meaning approaches which once seemed to guarantee success are often no longer viable or have significantly higher risks associated. In this context, the preservation and slow, steady growth of wealth is arguably an even more relevant goal than in the past. Risks and costs have risen as a result of dynamics such as prolonged uncertainty, both economic and political, from Brexit, yep, I said it, to the cross-party political will underlying regulatory changes. Uncertainty increases risks and reduces returns. Strategies relying on transactions and confidence are becoming less successful. Secondly, a strong, fast tide of regulatory changes. We had Section 24, stamp duty land tax changes, increased scope of licensing and tighter lending standards, to name but a few. These changes have increased costs and therefore reduced returns and the likelihood of passive investors earning returns above other asset classes, 
at least not sustainably. They have also increased compliance risk associated with investing. The cost of getting it wrong is increasingly relevant. Thirdly, demographic trends. Tastes, preferences and affordability considerations have all changed dramatically. For millennials, life is for living and access is favoured over ownership. The same goes for transport as for housing and investing. Having access and freedom of choice is preferable on so many levels, a fact exaggerated by the obvious affordability constraints. Selling a property is inevitably becoming more challenging because of that. As a result, what once worked may no longer be so effective. Risks are higher, costs are higher, and returns are both lower and less predictable. To get technical, the risk-adjusted return of more ambitious strategies has fallen. So strategies focused on minimising risk begin to look comparably more attractive. What you need to know is, in the current market context, a slow, steady approach targeting wealth preservation and growth may be an even more suitable goal than previously. Risks have increased and the risk-adjusted returns of alternatives have fallen. The third thing you need to know is targeting the preservation and steady growth of wealth can help investors avoid common expensive mistakes. The scary truth is that potential investors are facing the prospect of low, no and negative real returns through strategies that may have been successful for themselves and others in the past. The investors I've worked with typically have access to between 1 and 15 million in capital. As a result, they could easily be losing out on hundreds and thousands of pounds each year by not investing sensibly or even not investing at all and waiting for an opportunity promising double digit returns. The moment when these investors realise they stand to lose money is the moment where they want to know about wealth preservation and growth and lose interest in what I would call shiny objects. Making poor investment decisions can lead not only to expensive mistakes, but also to deep frustration. I focused on UK property since a RICS accredited degree from Cambridge and have acted as and for investors across many millions of pounds worth of investment and development projects in that time. Through this, I've witnessed seven common and expensive mistakes. Taking a long-term value-focused approach to investing can save you from making these mistakes. So here they are. Number one, it's heart overhead. Investing emotionally rather than strategically. By this, I mean following the heart and focusing on what you know and like, even if that doesn't necessarily offer genuine value, because it feels comfortable. Some common examples of heart overhead property investment choices include diving in and not doing enough research out of a fear of missing out, dithering and doing too much research out of a fear of getting it wrong, investing in what you like or making decisions driven by ego. For example, often unproven prime new build rental properties marketed as brilliant rental prospects with no respectable evidence. Investing in what you know, for example, property close to home, because it feels more familiar and safer. If there's a problem, you're close by, which doesn't necessarily mean it offers good value. If you have a good property manager, you don't need to be located nearby. Investing in what you want to use. For example, buying a property you could also use as a holiday home or your children could move to. It's tempting to go for something that could work as a home and or a buy-to-let or holiday let. Sometimes this means making sacrifices all round and generally the results are very different than those from a pure investment decision from a profit and risk perspective. The second mistake is market timing. In some ways, property investment is like having children in that there's never a right time. People get stuck and don't take action because they feel it's too late and they've missed a boat. It's a nervous market out there at the moment. There's always some reason to feel like it might be better to wait, no matter when you're looking to invest. Let's not forget that the UK has a massive shortage of high quality, affordable property, and that's not going to change for the foreseeable future. 
And for many savvy value investors, the perfect time to buy is when others are nervous. By not investing or not investing now, the chances of you earning low or no real returns on capital and the chances of future frustration only increase. Number three, extrapolating market trends. Contrary to what some capital dwellers believe, there's a whole country out there beyond Greater London. It can be easy to think that the London property market reflects what's going on elsewhere in the country, but that's simply not the case. London, for example, has its own unique property microclimate, including property prices and trends, infrastructure and demographics. It's not just geographical trends. There's the tendency to look at past performance and expect that future performance in an area or a strategy will be the same. As a result, investors can overinvest in headline grabbing hotspots or underinvest in areas with strong long term fundamentals. Number four, speculation over patience. Investment opportunities with high potential returns, by definition, look great at first glance. In practice, all development projects involve some element of speculation. Even with the most accurate data and intelligent developer, the time lag between an investment being made and project completion can result in divergence between forecast and actual returns. I don't know a single developer who has not been affected by this time lag, and there are plenty of other factors that might affect your return on investment. The mistake many investors make is taking on risks without realising there are potential downsides. There is no return without risk. Number five, believing the mantra of capital growth. It's a mistake to assume that property will always grow in value. There are so many factors that can affect value and one thing's for sure, even if transactions slow, the market doesn't stay still. Affordability constraints are a major issue and they're not just affecting young people. Earnings and restrictions on finance will fundamentally affect capital value trends. Assuming future capital growth beyond what people can afford is likely to lead to disappointment. The mistake investors make is assuming that property will always grow in value and allocating capital based on past rather than current forecast market drivers. Number six, shiny objects. There is always the next big thing in property investment. Should you invest in serviced accommodation or HMOs or a crowdfunded development project, you might have friends who are investing in a new property strategy and think that it might work for you. The mistake investors make is investing in what is popular, whether within their social circle or in the press, rather than based on market fundamentals and a clear strategy aligned with their goals, starting point and the current market context. And finally, number seven, mistaking price for value. This is so common. Price actually has little bearing on how well a property investment will hold its value long term. The idea of value investing is a simple time-tested method that applies just as well to property as to other forms of investment like stocks and shares. When it comes to selecting the right property investment, it's vital to understand that price is just not the same as the value on offer. Mistakes commonly made include choosing cheap properties rather than undervalued properties and thinking the price tag listed on Rightmove or Zoopla reflects true market value. So to conclude, what you need to know right now about wealth preservation in an undeniably uncertain market is that firstly, although wealth preservation and growth is not often considered to be a sexy property investment strategy, that doesn't make it boring or exclusively relevant to already wealthy investors. Secondly, in an uncertain market, a slow and steady strategy wins the race and a focus on wealth preservation is a worthy objective. Number three, focusing on longer term wealth preservation and growth can help investors avoid common, often very expensive mistakes. 
So that concludes the episode. We will be back soon with series three. And if you want to find out more in the meantime, come follow me on LinkedIn. It's Anna Claire Harper. You can find out more on the website, annaclareharper.com. And that is where the podcast is hosted. So depending on where you found this, uh, you may want to go there and check it out. And if you've enjoyed or learned something from this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or Facebook. And if you want to find out more about the mistakes I talked about in this episode and how to avoid them, email hello at annaclareharper.com with a snapshot of your review and we will send you a full report with more information on that. Okay, that's all for this episode. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Return. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as this really helps other people to find the podcast.